0: Welcome to the Business Banter and Bourbon Podcast with your hosts, Ben and Tom.
1: Alex, uh, are you going to have a,
0: have a little cup the of the Elijah Crank? Uh, I, little little, sh- I think it's a little early for me. I don't know. What? No. Just
1: think of it, <laughs> just think of it as cold medicine. No. The grandpa's old cough <laughs> medicine. Cold medicine. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys knocking go. back a little bit of grandpa's old cough medicine there? Yeah. <laughs> You shut your mouth, you pumpkin yeah, you pie haircutted haircut freak! Haircut and freak. <laughs> 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 no, it's a cardigan, but thanks for
2: asking. <laughs> here we go. Okay, this is Elijah
1: Craig. Boy, that's a nice looking website. It is. Isn't Look at that they got the they got Look the there. charred barrel in
2: there. They got every product here. Look at this. This is beautiful. I'm just trying to find a little bit about Elijah Craig as a company. Didn't see anything.
1: It looks, like, it. looks like people enjoyed that over Thanksgiving. About us. That, that bottle of Elijah Craig. Look at that flaming barrel. Yeah, that's
2: that's what you want to see. The award-winning bourbon that started it all, our signature small batch owes its distinctive warm spice and subtle smoke flavor to level three charred oak barrels. Handcrafted by master distillers. It's favorite bourbon connoisseurs and casual whiskey fans alike. Good-looking bottle there. What does that retail Actually, for? Actually, this is a 5-star rating. Um <clears throat> I think it's about $37 for 7 Well, let's yeah. let's 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 pour a little do a sampler here. I've never Elijah, had this. Elijah before. Craig's small batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey.
1: There you go. Let's let's un- un- cork a-
2: that pour that, cork that for guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you can you can do that. <laughs> they do have a beautiful web- website. That that here. is. Really? That's
1: that's like a a rustic but Look classy that. that's that's looking gorgeous. website there. The live beautiful. images, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful, a little, beautiful. A little sipper here. Okay. Here's your bottle here.
2: Celebrated brand ambassador PGA Tour golfer Max Homa. How about that? Oh, Max Homa. It, yeah. It's a favorite of Max oh, Homa.
1: Got a got a sponsor there. Great looking, great looking website. Yeah. Best small batch bourbon in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Whiskey of the Year, barrel proof from Whiskey Advocate. Double Gold from San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Looks like they did pretty well there. Um,
2: Ooh, that's oh, that's
1: nice. And, and look at this here on the website, the whiskey and Wagyu. Combination wagyu beef uh, looks like right. they're they're advocating for that as a good pairing with the bourbon. Um, it
2: also says it pairs nicely with cheese. Nicely with cheese. And we've been searching for <laughs> one, so I think we may have, we have found our, our favorite here. Uh, yeah, this is this is nice. Where does it say the aromas and flavors you can get from it? I think it's supposed to be like cinnamon and vanilla. Of course, they all say vanilla yeah right they always say vanilla seems a, to
1: be a common. I, yeah i kinda I kind of get vanilla in the middle yeah it doesn't doesn't lead with vanilla um <clears throat> smooth entry, a little bit of vanilla, yeah certainly a little bit of a little bit of spice, maybe some nutmeg some cinnamon there at the right. end but yeah, I definitely picked up the cinnamon yeah, I would agree with that for sure um yeah definitely something to go with a savory meal. Um, nice, nice rich aged cheddar. I see that on the website too. Oh, yeah, here it, here it nice is. Nice hunk of Wagyu.
2: Yeah, here it is. Pure sweetness, honey, marzipan, and wildflower notes. Wildflower. Huh. The sweet drive is nicely backed with drying oak and pronounced finish. I thought I saw it. Oh, here are nutmeg and other spices. Yeah.
1: Vanilla I little bean, nutmeg. sweet fruit, fresh mint. Well, I didn't even know that was on the website, and I called
2: it. Well, how about that? <laughs> Accents of spice. Well, pretty, you must drink too much bourbon. I do, drink, drink probably a little too <laughs> yes, much bourbon. I yeah, I definitely very, get the very, nutmeg very, there. Uh, very experienced taste buds there.
1: Well, you know, it, it's that time of the year. Just got off of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Having a little a little nutmeg. That's good. Your eggnog or your pumpkin pie, a little bit of nutmeg. you kind of have the yeah. kind of have the refined palate for some nutmeg. Here in the fall, but this this is good. This Long, is good,
2: sweet and slightly toasted. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't leave a uh, bitter aftertaste. It no, goes, not really. It was pretty smooth. Ooh. Oh, very good, very good. Also. um
1: yeah, I was gonna say smoky for sure, but not not that burnt taste that you nope. can sometimes get. Right. You know, it, it seems like this this is obviously a good natural natural smoke from the barrel itself. Nothing added, clearly.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's not like drinking a burning log. You know, like sometimes you can
2: get some of some of these cheaper bourbons. The so cheaper yeah. ones, and they're not aged as well. And I'm you know a lot of has to do with the barrels they age them into. You know the quality, of the, the wood and the barrels, um, so I'm sure they're top notch here. But yeah, this is great. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. nice. So about we'll do that one again. Thirty seven, thirty eight bucks bottle. So um, not not ultra high end, but uh, no. but not no. um, not the most budget friendly. No, bourbon. it's
2: it's actually listed as one of the top five.
1: Great for parties, gatherings.
2: Yeah, I think you can you'd, you'd impress a, your friends an, with this. A bourbon old fashioned, which yeah, I like the brandy old fashioned better, but uh <laughs> <laughs> prefer just to drink the bourbon straight. The cla-
1: classic Wisconsin brandy Don't. old <laughs> fashioned. Yeah. Mint julep, yeah, absolutely. Um, this would this would go really nicely on Kentucky Derby
2: Day. I wonder about a whiskey mm. sour. That would probably, it'd probably go nicely with that, wouldn't it? What's that one right there? The Kentucky Buck. I think we just made this. The, the, this is the one we just made for Thanksgiving.
1: Is it? What's the? I'm pretty um, sure. Hang on. No, 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 no. No strawberry. Oh, this well, this I calls guess, for strawberries and ginger
2: beer. I guess we forgot we the used, strawberries and ginger. beer. We used um,
1: <laughs> lemon juice, um, Seven Up, the and syrup. Um, honey syrup. Honey syrup. Honey syrup was that, and um, you
2: forgot the bitters in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Elijah Craig, a great looking website. Um, check it out if you get a chance.
2: So it's great the party. To, this is this is a great, great one on its own, but good for mixing
1: too. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. I don't I don't feel the need to cut this with water or with ice either. No, um, no I don't either. Yeah, this this feels like like a good sipper that yes. you can enjoy neat.
2: Right, right.
1: So sipping on sipping on a little Elijah Craig,
2: <sighs> post Thanksgiving celebration.
1: Yeah, yeah. this this was clearly a hit. Uh, We've got, got about a third of a bottle left, so so someone clearly enjoyed that.
2: Uh. <laughs> I think Alex had most of yeah. that. Alex had a little th- bit? Actually, I think he did. He... Oh, did he? Oh,
1: oh yeah. yeah, he
0: was yeah. sneaking it the other night. I saw him. I spotted him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> going up in
0: my liquor cabinet. Oh, yeah. Why? It was just right yeah. on the counter. I yeah. didn't have to go up anywhere. Oh, <laughs> oh you're not going up. Why? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: What well, did you take the marker and draw the line <laughs> <laughs> permanent, yeah permanent marker it, like, style like, like when you guys
2: were teenagers it worked great except for uh vodka because then you just fill it with water, water. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that, that's an easy one yeah, yeah that's easy yeah so for yeah. parents of high school kids make sure that uh make sure that you're sampling your vodka every yeah. so often make sure it's
2: not just watered down there yeah. with with uh, water yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no this is great i'm no, glad, glad we like kind of deviated from those flavored ones that we've had the past couple of weeks this is uh back to the yeah more traditional bourbon
1: a true yeah. a true kentucky straight bourbon mm-hmm. you know none of the honey none of the maple Um, uh, this is this is in a way refined but also what you see is what you get with it you know right. if you want it you want a classic good tasting bourbon you're you're not going to go wrong here Yeah. Yeah, so this will be a good one. We'll pick uh, pick up another couple bottles for Christmas maybe. Um, but, yeah.
2: Can you uh, see on there what other grains they are using besides, obviously, corn? I, I thought, thought it was barley. I thought I saw that somewhere. No, I don't see it anywhere. No. I, thought, I thought I read that earlier. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll have this one again. Yeah. Good. Very That's a nice.
1: good one. Elijah Craig, we're drinking the 1789, and um, what's uh, what label is it if you look at the front, um, just so the listeners
2: can know. Okay, this just says Elijah Craig, small batch, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, 1789. 1789. It doesn't Nine. have the age on that. So, yep, no age on this one. And this is
1: 94 proof. 94 proof. Yep. 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 Very That's good. Seen
2: one on their website. Yep. Yeah. Super. So. Yeah, I like it. Okay, Ben. Now uh speaking uh, of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. i wanna uh talk a little bit about Black Friday? Sure. Sure.
1: I could uh, did,
2: did you see record online sales, tech sales on Black Friday? Is that right? Five point nine billion dollars online sales hmm. for tech. That's uh pretty good year
1: all of it, would that be would that be like all consumer electronics so we're talking ipads computers tvs um, right or
2: right small gadgets mm-hmm. big appliances whatever you mm-hmm. know anything electronic yeah any gadget yeah really and they're saying yeah. uh, what is monday cyber monday right that's coming up cyber tomorrow. monday yeah uh they're projecting 11 billion dollars no kidding right Do they have that
1: broken down by category? Because all we've been hearing about is that big tech enjoyed uh, a pull forward of future earnings during the pandemic, right? right? Apple enjoyed a pull forward of earnings because everyone was teaching their kids from home so they all needed iPads and computers so that's why they overperformed same kind of story with with Google uh, and a lot of these other consumer electronics companies but you know if we're setting a record here and we're expecting another record on this Cyber Monday clearly there's something wrong with that narrative um, you know maybe we're in the middle of a significant upgrade cycle um, you know or, or some of these devices the average age um, is just at that point. Um, where where consumers need to uh, re- refresh their devices um, but all we've been hearing about um, from the folks on CNBC is these companies are due for a slowdown because of the significant pull forward uh, of earnings that they enjoyed during these pandemic years mm-hmm. uh, but that kind of doesn't look like what this article what these headlines are suggesting here.
2: Well, um, we don't have all the data on it yet. Obviously, they don't have the category breakdowns. But uh, another interesting note is that the use of credit had gone up tremendously, like 78%. So <laughs> so we'll see mm-hmm. after the holiday here um, how many returns there are when people start getting their bills. That's always an, an indicator as to whether or not this is real. But... Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, but certainly was or shaping up to be a good weekend for tech um, and the retailers too. And the retailers, yeah, yeah. I, you know, we talked about Target last week. This, I would think, Target had a good weekend. Um,
1: yeah. So maybe the Santa Claus rally uh, here here into the end of the year on,
2: on retail. Yeah, um, maybe. I don't know but, about the Santa Claus rally, though. I mean, I it's still, I think a lot of consumers are very leery, and I don't think we're going to see the robust rally that we've seen in the past.
1: You know, and it feels like markets really, they look tired to me, Um you know and we had just the again the post CPI fast and furious run up um you know i feel like a lot of the good news for risk reward is already priced in um you know to to me i would have thought the the holiday season would be weak um for for retail sales yeah. i mean yeah. so far black friday appears like maybe it'll be okay maybe yeah. it'll hold up yeah. all right but then again you know if if credit card use and plastic use has gone up 78%, that's not exactly a great thing. Um, you know, we talked a couple podcasts ago about about APRs, you know, hovering around 20%. Um, and if you're buying... If these goods at an inflated price, um, you might think twice about, about hanging on to those. Um, <laughs> or or you're certainly going to have some issues, yeah. um, you yeah. know, covering off that debt uh, once it comes due. Yeah. Did
2: you see that on there? One of the devices are droned. I mean, that's, not, that's yeah. not a small ticket item, is it? I mean. Now, what do you buy a drone for these days?
0: Hundreds of dollars, as much as you would buy an expensive laptop for, oh, probably more. Yeah. Okay,
2: so if you're buying an Apple MacBook or an iPhone or whatever, you could get a drone for that too, right? <laughs> um, interesting. That's, that is interesting. That's a lot of money to be laying out for a Black Friday.
1: Yeah and that that's amazing that they've called that out because that feels like the super discretionary
2: type of thing. It really
1: does. That yeah. you would probably be foregoing uh if times yeah. were if times were really Look tight. Which 15, I believe they
2: are. 15.99 that's for the
0: DJI Mavic 3 Classic.
2: Okay. Well, that's here. probably just a basic drone, right?
0: Uh this is on your on your m- mid to high end yeah yeah mid mid high-end drone yeah. but still again it's a lot of uh,
2: once people get these and then they, they they get the bill and they get the sticker shock how much is this going to be returned that's an that's an issue every year with black friday but maybe even more so now with the extended credit yeah and the use of that and people will start to realize ooh, we still have christmas coming up too <laughs> and
0: uh <laughs> we might have to pull back oh, a here little they bit. got one for 509 Wow. Wow.
1: Well, you know, that, that, that brings up an interesting point, too, is um, I'm sure a significant amount of this activity is Christmas-related because we, again, keep hearing about the supply chain snarls. Yeah. I believe it was Apple um, that said you if you were to order your iPhone 14 or 14 Pro or whatever it was last week, it would not be here in time for christmas right um, yeah. it wouldn't get there until until closer to new year's eve yeah um so you know maybe maybe a lot of this buying activity is just convalescing around the black friday time because people want to make sure everything shows up on their doorstep sure. before christmas eve um sure. so so maybe the next couple of weeks as we get deeper into the holiday shopping season we'll see more if that thesis is true yeah. um but it w- it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case you know lead times on on a lot of these items are are way up yeah um so so maybe the again we're getting a pulling forward specific at this buying window mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. for christmas shopping. for christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. That, would be, that right. would be kind of my initial take. Uh, but we'll see if we see continued strength. You never yeah. know. I mean, people seem very, very comfortable throwing things on the credit card. A lot of, um, a
2: lot of games and yeah. consoles, huh? That seems to be the general theme yeah. there, too.
0: Uh, toy category, but, um, popular products included Fortnite and Roblox toys, Bluey toys, Funko Pops, figurines, Disney and Kanto toys, video game consoles, uh, Xbox Series X, and PlayStation 5. Very interesting. Oh, Which I didn't even know you could get PlayStation 5s right now. I thought they were all still sold out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, maybe that's the frenzy. Could be. We'll see. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah, did you partially. see...
2: Partially. Uh, <clears throat> this week, yeah, Apple took a bit of a dip on its stock price. Did you see that because of the Foxconn that. plant? Yeah, uh, yeah. tell us about the, that a little well, bit. Well, was the, the demonstrations in in, in China. I think one of the things I noticed too this week is that these tech companies we may be seeing a different take on on technology and what tech companies are actually about and what I'm talking about here is if you look at Mark Zuckerberg with Meta and now Elon Musk with Tesla and Twitter and Jack Dorsey with Twitter apparently screwed it all up and now Elon Musk is coming in and screwing it up um I think kind of the bloom is off the rose for some of these mm-hmm. tech geniuses. And we're starting to see that in the valuation of the stocks as well. And maybe they're getting down to earth now. Mm-hmm. So Meta stock valuation is what uh 10 PE.
1: Yeah, you know, and and when it when it hit the intraday lows, it was it was probably around a 9 uh right. during the the post earnings call. Fiasco where I think I think Meta shed something like 10 or 15 percent on the day if memory serves. But the interesting thing about Meta um, is it's actually a profitable business. They're actually making real money with real cash flow, with real user engagement growth. The problem is their 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 strategy is all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the yeah they're down to, they're a, to a, 10,
2: a 10 a 10.7 pe yeah i mean that's down dramatically from where they were years ago yeah um so again i think the tech companies are it's not based on the promises of these you know tech geniuses like elon musk saying oh this is the future and Therefore, you know, we, we should get a much higher valuation. I think that's, you know, they're kind of coming down to earth. Yeah. As you said before, the market analyzes these things and they get it right over the long period. I think we're starting to see that. Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, Meta's, Meta's strategy, their growth strategy is the metaverse. Obviously that's where they want everyone to, to work, to interact, to take vacations. Um, and what the street is saying if you're going to invest in that as your primary growth driver for the long term you don't deserve a growth premium as a company you deserve a discount right. to market because right. the the S&P 500 is trading at what a 17 17 and a half
2: it's both 17 now yeah, right
1: and meta's trading at a 10x 10 um that's a pretty healthy discount to the market um so a lot of that news bad news already feels absorbed in the stock price now who knows how much more Zuckerberg is willing to willing to throw at this Um, he did go um, on TV and he did have I I think a company wide announcement where they um, you know sort of kind of walked back um, their commitment to spending at all costs to create the metaverse um, but that was also coupled with, you know, some additional layoffs, which Wall Street always loves. Right. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, you you look at something like Meta, and maybe it's kind of interesting now at these levels just because it's come down so much.
2: It, it really is, and that's kind of why I brought it up. I mean, if you look at their financials, you're right. I mean, they're, they're still financially very, very solid. I mean, uh, not even ten times – EBITDA to enterprise value that's a pretty good valuation yeah you get 10 or below that's pretty good plus they're sitting on hordes of cash I mean 41.78 billion dollars in cash yeah so there's a lot they can do with that unfortunately if he's going to be spending it on meta the metaverse <laughs> which has uh, absolutely no revenue stream whatsoever right now it's a promise um, that's kind of a waste, and I think that's why you're seeing these valuations. People are looking at, they go, oh, "Is this something we really need or want or should have? And why is he spending all that money on it? And he should be penalized. Yeah. They, they should be penalized from a valuation standpoint. It's it, worth zero right now. The it, metaverse is worth zero. It is, and I think the
1: the market is is discounting that. I mean, <laughs> the market is looking at these goofy 2006 era emoji Creatures that he's right. created in the metaverse, and that's how we're all going to live and that's interact as <laughs> like these cartoon characters. I mean, give me a break. That's not going to be. <laughs> we
2: were <What laughs> we talking about that's that. That's not going to be night? a viable thing. And I, and I um, asked Alex that: Do I is this something I want or I need? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it? Yeah, I don't I mean, see why I would. I mean, need look a... look at this. I'm I mean, going to put it's... on my helmet and look at a cartoon. Why do I, I need, need that? to look
1: at a cartoon when I can hop on a Microsoft Teams call or or something? like that instead right um and i think i think wall street has taken meta to task for it and i think a lot of the bad news is is priced in but the other thing about meta you know that that is always interesting from a long-term investment standpoint is they make an addictive product um, You know, and it's it's one of those one of those ugly, unfortunate yes. things about investing that we do have to consider sometimes yeah, yeah. is companies that make an addictive product generally do pretty darn well over the long term. Mm. Instagram is addictive. Facebook is addictive. These things are designed to be addictive and um user engagement is still really good on these platforms they're still growing um and you know sure they've got a headwind now because the advertising um ecosystem is declining as companies um cut back in that space and tighten their belts for the upcoming recession but um meta meta makes a a compelling product that that people are hooked on
2: but it's it's fascinating because when facebook first came out it was facebook right that that took over from what was myspace or whatever the heck it was um so that was the business and and everybody thought oh my god brilliant future this is going to go gangbusters there's going to be 3 billion users instagram is now 50 percent of Facebook's revenue so a transition from the Facebook tool to Instagram and I think Zuckerberg came up with the metaverse thing more smoke and mirrors here don't look over here that don't look at this declining business we're going in this direction mm-hmm. and people are seeing through that mm-hmm. so um, can see what happens here in the future yeah I, I again from a finan- purely financial standpoint I like Facebook. As an investment, right where it is today, I'm not a great believer in the products. Mm -hmm. So my feeling is don't buy something if you don't like the products. Mm -hmm. And that's not one I would really buy. Now, here's again. They pay no dividend. If they paid me a 5% dividend... I might consider. Yeah, so that that's
1: important. Let's talk about our rules of investing because maybe we confuse some of our listeners sometimes because I think there's there's our perspective on long-term investing strategies and then short-term tactics that you can use to finance your long-term strategies. So the short-term stuff like selling covered calls, um, you know, or um selling naked puts, um or these sort of income generating things that we like as a trade, generally what I like to do is I like to take those proceeds and use them to finance my long-term bedrock strategies, which are looking for um values in emerging technologies. We talked about hydrogen a few uh, podcasts ago yeah, automation right, industrial automation like like in rockwell value like general mills coca-cola uh, procter and gamble exxon Mobil, some of these types of names and in my opinion rule number one a for your long-term investing strategy is don't own a non-dividend payer um, it, to me that is that is like one of the most important rules uh, of investing is you must own dividend payers
2: it definitely is for multiple reasons one is that dividend paying stocks have outperformed non-dividend paying stocks through history so if you have your choice between a dividend payer and a non-dividend payer they're same valuations same price same 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 you take the dividend stock because over long term they're going to outperform so that's one reason. The other reason is it's an income generator for you. And I'll give you a good example of that. Uh, General Mills, who you're very familiar with, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I bought that a while back at about $40 a share or so, maybe in the 30s. Sat on it for years and years and years and years and years, and it didn't really do much. Got up into the 50-ish range, range every once in a while, but kind of hovered there for the longest time. But it was paying me a 3% dividend, so I'm beating inflation while I sit and wait for General Mills to get their act together, and which they are now doing, and now it's in the 80s. So over a seven-year span or so, I collected the dividend. Now it's almost, well, it's over doubled in price. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good long-term investment, but if it didn't pay me the, the dividend, I'm losing money sitting on it. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And I got to hope and pray that it's going to pay off in the future, like Facebook is telling you you should do. <laughs> you know. So that that's another reason for doing it. Well, um, and, and
1: you bring up an important point, which is patience. Nothing is more important than patience for your long-term strategy. You look at the all-time chart of something like a General Mills or a Coca-Cola or a McDonald's or, heck, even an Apple – there are spans of five to seven to ten years where the stock doesn't really change that much yeah. in absolute yeah, price. Right. So if you if your plan is to make all your money on capital appreciation, um, you know you better hope you hit the home run buying a high flyer like a Tesla. That's right. Otherwise you must be patient, collect, you two, three, sometimes 4%. If you can get it, yeah. enjoy that. Use it to dollar cost average in, reinvest, and then enjoy the ride up during those periods when the boom times come because they, they generally do come, even for sleepy value names like we're seeing, yes, General's, Coca Cola, McDonald's. These are the boom times yeah, those for these stocks. Those are the, ones you, those they are are the ones you want.
0: Now. That's right. Yeah. That is right.
1: Yeah. And you turn those on are- CNBC and all they want to talk about is, is Tesla um amazon uh, sure
2: because they're flashy they again they have the huge valuations they've got this tremendous promise of oh my god you're all going to be billionaires if you invest in tesla or whatever it may be i prefer the steady eddies steady as she goes consistent incline pay me as i go that's a good long-term investment Mm -hmm. if you want to take a flyer on a tesla or a meta or one of these other ones out there.
1: The Ark Innovation Fund. <laughs> Treat it as a trade. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Buy it when you can, when you can you know, good evaluate, good valuations, <clears throat> but look to sell it. Right. Um, I don't look at my long term investments as something I wanna sell. It's something I wanna own. It's a it's a company that I wanna own. Believe in the product, you stick with it, it's gonna pay you. You can't go wrong. You know, yeah. you really can't. Um it's another
1: another important rule of investing if you use the product consider owning the company
2: that's right
1: yeah. what think about what products you use every day um for me you know obviously i use my iphone a lot apple i want a piece of that um you know and the principle applies um, say your carrier is verizon um you know you're in a way Paying your phone bill back to yourself if you own stock in Verizon. Correct. These are some of, are some of the themes and principles yeah. to think about. What do I use? What do I like? What products do I believe in? What services do I like that I personally find value in? Right. And perhaps a majority of other consumers feel the same way. And you may have found a diamond in the rough or an undervalued company that is intrinsically worth more than what Wall Street says it should be on any given day. Right right that's another really important principle for it, me
2: it really is and once you've set that as your strategy this is the companies i like these are the products i like these are the ones i really would put my money into then you can start to do your homework and do the analytics mm-hmm. then you dig deeper into each company
1: yeah
2: and you see well what has the trends been What have the real trends been what does their financial statements look like you know again what is their current valuation What's their cash flow? What's their debt-to-equity ratios? There's a whole list of, of uh, analytics you should go through that are important, again, to you to sustain that. And if they hit all the marks, then great. That's the one you want to invest in. But sometimes you look at a company you do like, you do believe in, you like the products, and then you look at their financials and it's, ooh, yeah, I'm not going to put my money there. You want to make money. You don't want to just park it and let it sit and hope that it it happens you have to put it into to a company that's going to create more money and the ones that have strong financial uh, you know situations are the ones that are going to make the money for you in the long run rule
1: number one never lose money rule number two never forget rule number one (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so if you're looking into a company's financials for the layman, what would you look for exactly?
2: Well, I would look, first thing I would look at is debt. I look at debt, I look at cash flow, cash cash position, you know, those things. But then you have to look at valuations too. Some of them are out, outrageous in the valuation. So like a a good one is P.E. is the kind of the standard, right? So you don't want to be buying a company that has a 100 P.E. when the S&P is running typically around 17 so you're overpaying and you don't want to do that so you look at that as a starting point i also look at the ebitda to enterprise value or actually it's the enterprise value to ebitda and try to keep that under 10. so ebitda is actual kind of like net earnings if you will it's earnings before interest taxes depreciation and amortization amortization. enterprise value is the Total number of outstanding shares multiplied by the current price. The market cap. The market cap. But so. it's but they take but for enterprise value, they take the cash away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you're comparing, you know, r- really what's the company worth? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. right? Right. Versus what they earn. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. If, if if the if that valuation is like fifty to one so the enterprise value is 50 to one that means it's way overpriced versus what they can actually earn and you wouldn't want to invest in that as well and there's other ones too there's just a whole host of them that you can look at to kind of you know guide your way through it
1: that obviously really important um, in this environment with rising interest rates um, companies that are uh, laden with debt but also have low margin that's another one to look at what is your gross margin and your gross profit margin? So your revenue minus your costs is your margin percentage, um, and that um, obviously you want that to be as fat as you possibly can be, because that mm-hmm. means you're turning your your revenue into a lot of cash. That's that's what Wall Street cares about a lot: is how much cash are you making? Um, because you referenced the P.E. a moment ago, which is the price to earnings ratio. So if a stock is trading at $100 and they make $10 per share, their P.E. ratio is 10. 100 divided by 10 is 10. So that's the the P.E. That relationship always holds. And the S&P as an index is trading around 17 or 18. So anything above that means it's kind of rich versus the market. Anything yeah. below that means it's discounted yeah. versus the market, yeah. generally speaking. Now, is can be a lagging indicator or a leading indicator because Wall Street also tries to predict how much companies are going to make on a per share basis in the future. Yeah. Um, So just because maybe a company had a bad quarter and their PE is inflated because they had a bad quarter, sometimes that gets thrown out. Wall Street looks at future um, earnings, but also cash is 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 a big one. Um, You know how much how much are you actually generating in cold hard bucks versus net income, which is can can be kind of an imaginary, funny money number sometimes with with depreciation expense, which isn't cash. You know, right. not immediately out of your pocket, right? Like, think about the fact that you own a car. You have a depreciation expense every year just by owning the car, but you're not paying the car dealer, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, a $1,000 a year in cash. Mm-hmm. It's a cost you're incurring, but you're not actually paying it. Mm-hmm. So net income has kind of those those fake adjustments in there same kind of deal with amortization but yep. the cash number the cash is, is the, important is the one. cash is king it really uh, is in I, this environment
2: yeah i don't pay too much attention in that income it has to
0: obviously has to be positive <laughs>
2: but but you're right ben they can manipulate that a lot of different ways i'll give you an example here of tesla okay tesla's Again, Again really, we're on really, record
1: calling this one as a sell. This one is a, a dog, in my opinion.
2: And, and, yeah. here's, and here's why it would be a sell to me. Again, I look at uh, enterprise value to EBITDA. It's over 40 times. <laughs> 40, right? Mm. When it starts to exceed 10, that's high priced. Uh, what's the PE right now? Let's see here real quick.
0: okay 56.56 P- okay
2: that's that's crazy
1: with a, from a right so look but the other the other thing too you look at a tesla ticker tsla look at the market cap of 573 billion dollars right um i i wrote to my subscribers about this uh, a couple of months ago comparing the valuations of tesla and ford at the time I want to say Tesla was still around 800 billion in market cap and Ford was around 50 billion in market cap. Yeah. So, and, and I, I I was looking at this and Ford, I believe made about 15 times as many vehicles as Tesla did. They made seven times as much profit as Tesla did last year yet Mm -hmm. tesla was worth 16 fords (laughs) (laughs) yeah explain explain to me how with with fords infrastructure all of their plants their suppliers their supply chain their global presence um their history in the industry how a company like tesla can be worth 16 fords only in the bubbliest of bubbles is is such a a phenomenon possible between the the divergence
2: of these two valuations because they have that really cool dashboard that's why
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean this but no (laughs) here's what
2: i was talking about earlier about the blooms coming off the rose um Again, you look at this, and people invested with those high valuations in Tesla because they they believed in Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. He had the SpaceX thing going. He had all kinds of promises on the Tesla vehicles, trucks, blah, blah, everything, you know, self-driving, whatever it came. Guess what? That's not come to fruition, and people are seeing that now. They're realizing that these so-called gurus and experts aren't that smart, Mm -hmm. you know? They might be geniuses from an engineering standpoint, but from a business standpoint, it isn't there. Mm-hmm. And so we're beginning to see an evolution, I think, in the technology companies. Yeah, as these come To back become more Earth. traditional businesses, mm-hmm. right? And the promises of these big earnings down the road don't mean anything if it has no substance. Right. General Mills couldn't do that. General Mills couldn't go out, you know, tomorrow and say, you know what? We've got these brand new food products coming. Now it's 10 years off, but boy, it's going to revolutionize. <laughs> you know, people are going to say, what are you talking about? We don't believe a word you're saying. Forget it. You know, So I think you're going to see that evolution come in the technology field. Yeah. And, you know, the,
1: the other rule of value investing that we like long-term is – if a company's valuation doesn't pass the smell test, or when you start to see these crazy price targets come out on these companies, yeah. you know something is amiss in the market. I remember it wasn't even it wasn't even six, seven months ago, there were um fifteen hundred dollar price targets on Tesla. Now I know that's a that was a major outlier, but there were analysts yeah. Yeah. who i don't yeah. know what they were looking at yeah. uh, were saying that 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 was a reasonable valuation for tesla and when you when you start to just barely look under the surface and see that there's no way that could hold you know you're in a bubble type of dynamic and then that company um is is probably reaching its crest yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you know the other thing too if you don't understand the product, or you don't understand the business, or you don't understand the true growth trajectory, uh, mm-hmm. chances are no one else does either. Um, we saw that with Bitcoin. Yeah, you we know, saw that with a lot of these other businesses blowing up. Uh, we're seeing it with Kathy Woods Arc Innovation Fund. Yep. You know,
2: if 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 you if there's mania
1: out there, that's when it's time to be fearful. Stay
2: away from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But Tesla is an interesting one because it's a fantastic product, as we've been talking about. They have fantastic results. It's just a ridiculous evaluate, evaluation. And so, it, it, as I said, going through the whole <clears throat> analysis of what you're going to put your money in, if you drive a Tesla, right, right? You look at their product, you go, I believe in this, I like the product, I want to look at it further. You start drilling deeper into the financials. You can see that their balance sheet looks pretty good. They've got oodles of cash. They have a very low debt-to-equity ratio. Those types of things look really good, but then you go to the the valuation portion of the analysis, and you go, oop, red flag. I'm not buying that. I mean, see your lamp sitting over there? Well, it's a $50 lamp maybe, right? If you go to the store and you look at that and they're trying to sell it to you for $500, you are not going to buy that lamp.
0: No. Right? Not that
2: lamp. Not, <laughs> that's a pretty nice looking it's lamp. Though. Like, it's got a like. nice shade on there. <laughs> <laughs> but is, and, but stock investing is the same way. You you get what you pay for.
0: And, yeah. uh,
2: and then um, you also have to have a
1: sense of, am I in the right industry? Yeah. That's another yeah. big one. What is my, my landscape and where do I want to be long-term? Um, you know, and that, that's an interesting question uh, because that's where the philosophy comes into play uh, more than anything else. That's where, that's where your, your intuition um, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe your economic theory comes into play more than anything else. Am I in the right sectors and am I in the right industries? And then what are my favorite names within those that I believe I have long term value in?
2: Right. And you don't have to get crazy about this. I mean you don't have to be buying a hundred different equities, you know, to get what you want. You should probably should keep it very simple, ten or less, you know, to start out, of companies that you really know, you really can track, you really understand and you want to put your money there. So when you start um, you know buying the latest craze that comes through, that's where people get in a lot of trouble and that's where people you know they they give the market and investing a bad name. Mhm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cuz they're they're chasing a big promise and it just isn't there. Yeah. But you
1: know, maybe maybe to bring it closer to home, you know, the industry too. Um Pretty- S- sector and industry you know look at um look at like look at tobacco um you know the the re- the returns on a dividend basis have been have been awesome you're not going to find the long-term growth there um that no. that you're looking for not domestically it's
2: no. the it's the old cash it's, cow it's the old cash
1: cow <laughs> model and if you're going to invest for those reasons that's fine. Just know what your reasons are going into some of these names in these industries in the first place. And if you're comfortable with that, great. But understand what the value proposition for the industry is. like, And then others, like love the energy sector. Um, right. Right. I don't want to be in coal. Um, <laughs> no, for, right, for obvious right, reasons, right, right, right. you know, you have to, you have to make sure that you are in a good industry and that you're picking the best of breed within that industry.
2: Well, in those investments too, like that, the traditional cash cow, you don't invest and forget you track it because cash cows go away at some point. Right. So you have to know what your exit strategy is and where you're going to execute that. So um, milk it for as long as you can, but at some point you're going to get out of it. And you have to know that and understand that. And that's the natural evolution of every company. There's the startup phase. Then there's the the
1: hyper growth phase, which a lot of companies go bust, frankly, before they, before they reach that upward trajectory. Then as the growth slows and bends, then you reach the mature phase where... Um, you know the the products are more stable, um, the industry um, is is a little bit slower, um, the innovation is a little bit lighter, and then from the mature phase slowly bends down into slow mm-hmm. and steady decline. Mm-hmm. That's that's the arc that companies follow, and not that doesn't mean every company dies, but they have to reinvent themselves, or they have to discover new growth businesses in order to keep the enterprise alive and functioning yeah. Yeah. you know that's that's kind of the arc that every company follows and know where you are on that arc where are you on that arc when you're putting your money to work
2: look at that price on that tesla
0: Yeah, oh, this, is, this is the uh th- the ford well oh this that's is the, the ford, ford. yeah okay. yeah so we're the looking tesla? at the ford, the ford uh electronic mustang um
2: but the Tesla was in that range too, yeah, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Exa- basically the same the price. The same price. Yeah. So what what yeah. price
2: are we talking about here?
0: Forty ish. So we're 46, looking at yeah. the.
1: Uh, we're looking Mustang. At the, the Mustang Mach E. Yeah. Whoa. SUV, forty six thousand uh, dollars, for. Um, the model and the starting at always has the asterisk on it because you never pay that because they never have those models on the lot. You're always going to end up paying way more than that. Uh, looks like you can lease that for 608 bucks a month. Um, looks like the higher end models around $70,000 can get for about 810 or something per month. Um, but <laughs> electric vehicles are interesting because just look at the average consumer out there.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> Who is this car yeah. being marketed to?
2: Yeah.
1: No one I know. No. No. You're going to plunk down that kind of money. No. For that car. There's, no. you know, yeah. I mean this. I the, know two people with Teslas. Two people with Teslas. Yeah. yeah. This this still is a niche product for affluent and wealthy consumers. Yeah. yeah. And, the only way for prices to come down for this to be a long-term viable solution for climate change or whatever they're branding it as is to actually have a cheap model that's somewhere around twenty dollars to $25,000 exactly. that the average
2: Joe can actually yeah. afford. The Chevy Bolt. Yep. There you go. The Chevy Six Bolt. 600K. But I just, I just read an article about <laughs> the, uh, the electric vehicles, and um, there's hoarding going on. Yeah, that's it, right. Yeah. That um, – People that should own electric vehicles aren't buying them because the people that already own them are buying two and three of them. This was in the Wisconsin State Journal. Yeah. yeah. Did you read I, that I today? I saw
1: that article. And the, the worst part, I don't know if you saw it towards the end, that's actually um, deleterious to climate goals. If right. you saw that.
2: Right. Yes, I know. Yeah. Because yeah. they're
1: buying yeah. these electric cars and they're not driving them. They're just sitting, they're sitting in the there. garage, charging up <laughs> it, <You're> or right. <laughs> not yeah. being used or consuming electricity. <laughs> and when you think about the cost for mining those metals, the lithium, everything else, the batteries used to make those cars and to just have them sit in the garage, yeah. it's utter and abject waste that we have yeah net no, net no, it's consuming why, more energy that's why like it's this, this this to me you know we, we talked about it on the very first podcast to me evs you know i think we'll look back on this as kind of a, a fad that we all got sucked into i don't believe that there is a long-term solution because there isn't enough lithium in the world we do not have the battery storage solution for right. solar right. fields, for wind farms, um, for, you know, hydro, all this stuff for EVs, th- it, it's impossible because there isn't enough of these metals on earth.
2: Yeah. Battery so, is not the, uh, energy source for these types of vehicles for the future. It's like, gotta be something else. Maybe hydrogen. I don't know. Maybe it's solar panels. Maybe it's maybe. solar on the car. I don't know. Maybe it's wind. You but, put a big fan up on top of the your- <laughs>
0: Great for aerodynamics, by the way. <laughs> well, you can't
2: um, go under a viaduct or a bridge <laughs> or anything. But well, I'll,
1: be, I'll, re- I'll reiterate. You know, I, I once once I raise a little more capital as a very long term investment play, I am going to buy some hydrogen ETFs um, because I am. I am convinced that is going to be the energy source really? of the future. Really? Am, I'm convinced. You're, you're
2: going all in on that. Right? I'm not going all in. How's <laughs> that an investment or a trade? <laughs> no, that is, that is an
1: investment because that technology is 20 years away, at best. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. I do not believe electricity is the answer, especially look at where we are in, in Wisconsin. And, you know, for, for those in the upper Midwest in North Dakota, Northern Minnesota, Canada, are you going to buy an Evie um, knowing that you're living in blizzard conditions, potentially six months out of the year? And um, if you get stuck somewhere, yeah, or you drive off the road into a ditch,
2: how good are you going to be feeling
1: about your EV to keep you warm?
2: Well, to even keep if you safe, even if you don't drive off, you know, into a ditch, you have to go to a charging station and get it <laughs> recharged, right? So you're sitting there in twenty below weather in your car while your car charges up, so you can drive away. You're still freezing,
0: <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I it, think the heat can be on while the car's charging. Yeah. Well,
2: it's going to take longer to charge. Yeah, much I longer. Mean, you right? know.
1: And the dirty it's, secret. It's not cheap to charge. No, like, you I pay for that. I don't know no, if you've yeah, looked, yeah. looked into it. Yeah.
2: yeah, well, it's it comes out it, to like a dollar fifteen per gallon equivalency. So it's cheaper than gas. It's cheaper than gas, but it's not free. No. I mean, you don't uh, you know you don't just drive up and plug in and away you go for nothing. There's some charging it's, stations. I mean, where
1: you know on the West Coast, I I know for certain it costs thirty bucks to charge up your car. Right. I mean, yeah, on a per mile equivalent, it's definitely better. But it's not like this free or, you know, free solution that everyone keeps thinking it is. It's not.
2: No. And the charging station that you have to install in your home is five grand plus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, so that, that has to be built into the cost model too here if you compare gas versus hybrid or electric. The whole, the whole phenomenon is it exists because of subsidies,
1: and the the raw material inputs are. I I don't even know how we are going to deal with all of these aftermarket problems when people start getting rid of their Teslas. The batteries need to be recycled or disposed of, mm-hmm. and then we need to mine more lithium. How this is mm-hmm. this is going to work? This is this is not viable okay this exists because of government distortions Mm -hmm. in the market okay so you're saying don't invest in tesla (laughs) i i haven't liked tesla for a while and i know a lot of people have gotten gotten rich because they got in early on tesla yeah but but tesla tesla was fine when they were the only game in town and they are not exactly. anymore. Nope. Everyone is nope. moving in this direction. Right. And again, the competition for raw materials to make this is going to be so incredibly intense. I don't see how, um, you know, economically the average person is going to be able to afford this car. How it won't be a massive inflationary force in the auto
2: sector for years to come if your only option is going to be an EV.
1: Um and well,
2: then... I've always been fascinated at the fact that they look at Tesla as a tech company. It's a car company. To your point, Ben, that's what it needs to be compared. To. It's a car company, and compared to the Ford and GM businesses, and that's how it should be viewed. The technology is is going, you know, across the board. There are other automakers that are doing the same thing, so they they don't have a tech advantage over anyone, mm-hmm. right? I I don't believe so unless they
1: get regulatory authority for a self driving car. That would be a game changer. No. That would be that would be new emergent technology. But I don't see I, I don't see that coming in the immediate future. I don't either.
0: No. Well, at least not in any fashion that most you, you know your average Joe would accept. You know, um, the concern is safety with something like that convincing the average person that it's safe well i'll tell you what
2: <clears throat> some of the drivers on the road right now i think i'd rather see a self-driving car <laughs> well you know that belt line because um, yeah I i'll tell you what some of these people line. could use a little computer help the way they drive for real yeah for real exactly you yeah. know yeah so i bet those days will come too where you just sit in your car and you say where you want to go and it, the car will
0: take you um i mean you could see something like a uh on a highway, you know, a specific lane for self-driving cars, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: But again, I'm not sure Tesla is the company that takes you there. I, I, Tesla is not a tech company. They're, they're having a hard time just making cars. Right? <laughs> so what's the tech company that's going to take you there? And again, is Elon. It, is it Apple? I don't know. Um, someone, Microsoft, I don't know. One, a, a true tech company is going to develop that, not a car company. I agree. I agree
1: wholeheartedly. Elon Musk can't even get the metals to make no, his cars. No. This, this is this is what I'm talking about. This business has a massive fundamental
2: flaw. Yeah,
1: we don't have the material.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. well, the weak point is the battery, like you said before. That's it. Needs I need, mean, need better batteries. That is the car. Is the yeah. the battery
2: yeah. and that great looking
0: display they've got. That need, <laughs> that's the car. <laughs> or you need some, right? Well, need, I mean, that, putting a putting a display in a car is something they could do with cars right now. I mean, I have a display in my car, a touch display. Yeah, well, I have a Subaru, <laughs> <laughs> a great vehicle. Let's figure out how to make that all. It also and- it also, you know, it it'll pull my it can see the lane and it pulls me over to center in the lane i mean so that's something that i have on my car yeah, right
2: that now. is true subaru is coming very close to a, a self-driving car I mean, and it can, can get, space out yeah
0: it's you know the the you cruise control to change
2: that by the way what? when you got your cruise control set and you're coming up to a car and you want to get closer but the the vehicle won't allow that. Yeah. If, if you notice that, yeah. you can't change it. I can it. do that. I, I can, can change mine. I
0: can change mine. But yeah.
2: only to a certain distance. I well, mean, you, yeah. You, it doesn't want you going you bumper to bumper. On. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you drive I wanna, a NASCAR over to ride somebody's bumper, just like NASCAR? Well, then you got to
1: take the cruise control off. Uh, Subaru has done a great job, I will say. Um, but, you know, and, and this is just one sector, too. Right. You know, look at, I mean, we barely even touched on Bitcoin, um, (laughs) (laughs) which has a lot of the same bubbly phenomenon uh, going on here um, as a a Tesla. I think, like, the fundamental technology of an alternative way to transmit payments, to accept payments, is great. Mm -hmm.
2: Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. in and of itself, is not special. No, Um, it is not. And this goes back to what you previously talked about. When you're looking for how do you buy stocks, how do you buy equities, how do you get investing, there's investing and there's trading.
1: And I would say this is
2: speculation. Yeah, this isn't even trading. This is speculation. Trading is where you can kind of predict uh, the ups and downs and the channels that they move in. This is... Uh, avoid at all costs, I believe. <laughs> well,
1: I always, I always love talking to the, the Bitcoin fanatics because I, I know several and they always say, wow, you know, Bitcoin has moved down 75%, like five or six or seven or 10 times in its history. You know, that's all, that's all part of the game. And then one of their favorite comparison points is, yeah, but, you know, if you look at, you know, um, from original inception, if you had bought it then, and sure. what it's worth now, it's sure. the greatest investment of all time. Sure. Well, 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 sure. You know, by that logic, you know, if you could go back to 10,000 B.C. and buy the first nugget of gold, you know, how incredibly infinitely wealthy would you be on a percentage basis? It would be way bigger than this. You know, and if you want to look right. back at since the inception date, you have to have a
2: fair reference point. You
1: know, and <laughs> that's, that's what everyone everyone likes to gravitate to is because you could have bought Bitcoin for a cent,
2: which in, is great. Like I say, it, like I say, if you're going to trade, if that's your whole purpose is to trade, and you want to make money day to day or month to month or week to whatever is going to be, just don't go to Bitcoin. Just trade gold yeah. or trade silver or say trade a commodity. a a real thing yeah something that has a track record it's been there you can kind of predict what the price is going to be up or down this you have no idea no idea because it's a it's a string of digital code
0: yeah it's vapor
2: yeah that's sitting out there that no one knows or tracks, or there's no controls over, no regulations. No one knows so, who's doing what.
1: Bitcoin's a great example of of speculation. Yeah. Um, you know what else too? Um, you know the the meme craze frenzy, the Game Stops, the AMC's all of that, at least those, there was actually a real product. There was like a real brick and mortar store, GameStop. Some of the shelves were empty, so there was nothing in there, but um, there was actually a real business there. Maybe not a great business, but a real business. Same with AMC. Um, but but the, the speculators who bid that up through the Robinhood app, um, you know, drove GameStop, what up to $550 a share from $4, you know,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> You know? yeah. So when yeah, we're just... we're talking investing, we want to be very careful. We want to draw a distinction between the investing yeah, and that. the
2: trading and the speculation. So where was yeah. it? You're at the peak, it was. It,
1: uh... Or go to the all time chart. Go the, to the max. Go to the max. I mean, look at oh. the straight lineup. I mean, it was. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this
1: is this is not split adjusted, by the way, um, because because GameStop I believe ended up splitting their shares. So yeah, because GameStop at the peak. It was well over five hundred dollars um, a share. Yeah, this is after the split. This is this was post split. Right. Yeah, so yeah. GameStop went from four dollars to I think five fifty. Yeah, um, wow. <laughs> in a matter of in a matter of
0: a and of weeks. you know if
2: you could if you could run a comparison of <laughs> yeah. uh, Bitcoin to this and you can do this on these, you can run comparisons, you probably see a similar chart. Although the bit the Bitcoin was a little bit steadier up, but it had the same peak and the same fall off,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, in AMC they something very very similar here. Uh, but again, you know, at least there's like a real movie theater that you can go to. You can actually buy a ticket, a bucket of popcorn, and watch a crappy movie at an AMC. Yeah, right. There's actually a real business right. there.
2: Right.
1: Bitcoin is just you know you know. Pure speculation. It's kind of
2: fun. I mean, there, there's so much you can get out of charts. Again, we go back to talking about investing and trade versus trading, and whatever. But there's so much information you can get out of just looking at that historical chart, pricing chart. Mm-hmm. Now, pull up if you can, uh, P and G or General Mills. General Mills, GIS. GIS. And
1: all-time charts—a thing of beauty.
2: It is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It tells you so much about the management of the company, and the direction they had. I mean, look at that. Look at that, that chart. Is, I it's mean, that is—it's
0: a straight line they, up, right? The and dark, dark at, period.
2: Where's the dip? But, COVID, which the whole world took a dip.
1: That that was that was actually during the three G Kraft Heinz consolidation period.
2: Uh, oh, well, that, okay. That that okay. decline there, was, but you 2019. Look, though, you look right?
1: at you look at the arc. <clears> it's
2: <throat> it's almost a perfect. Perfect upward sloping channel. You just don't see a lot of those. Another one is Emerson. Pull that up. EMR. So it should be a very similar looking trend. Max, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, very similar. Some cyclical challenges,
1: but that's it. Well,
2: cyclical challenge. Two thousand nine was the crash, right? Twenty sixteen, another dip. We had the dip there. It follows with the growth of the country and the growth of the economy. that's what you want to look at. those if you pull up charts like that and you see a company that's managed to this level and the consistent um, strategies and positions that they take, that's where you want to put your money for sure. absolutely track records matter. And then you pull up Bitcoin or those others to compare (laughs) and you say, Whoa, I don't want that one. Mm -hmm. I want this one.
1: Yeah. Which probably leads to another another rule. Have a core business. Must have a core business. Right. Right. You know. Because that's that's you know how companies evolve. they they grow their core business and then they branch out into other growth areas that they then want to develop into more core businesses. I mean, that's how a good company should be investing um, and evolving over time. So they don't just they don't just die after they reach maturity phase. They're continuing to invest in, and make those. Uh,
2: diversification plays but when you see uh, charts like that of course general mills is a great example Emerson i I, one of my favorites of all time that indicates to you the philosophy the long-term strategies of the company the management philosophies the succession planning that they follow so that i mean ceos don't live forever they only last three years roughly yeah. But they put in place a good succession plan so that continuation, they can continue that pattern. Um, yeah, the, Disney was just in the news last week, right? Mm-hmm. Because they had to change the CEO, fired the CEO, brought in, you know, a tale I, of two bobs. They brought in Iger yeah. again, Bob Iger. Bob Chapek and then back to Bob <laughs> Iger. Yeah. But I
0: mean, if you yeah. if you really thought that Bob Chapek was ever really in charge in that whole time, no, he was he, not. Ever in charge? I don't
2: think he cared to. He got his twenty-two million dollar payout. What, you know, what does he <laughs> care? <laughs> but it 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 tells you again about Disney. And I I I owned Disney. I sold Disney. And the reason being, if you have a CEO like Igor or Iger, however you pronounce his name, um, and he brings in Chapek, and he bombs miserably, what does that tell you about Iger? hmm Right? hmm What does that tell you about him? And they're bringing him back. How is he going to solve the issues
0: with Disney? hmm Sell Disney. I sold Disney. Well, no, he's going to sell Disney well, to someone gonna, else. That's, well, he's going to. I think that's the plan.
2: Yeah, they're a losing proposition, I think. Um, if you compare, Netflix has won the content business that Netflix has got they've they've destroyed everybody else everyone else is trying to catch up to that Disney's trying to catch up to that they had great promise years ago with the Disney Studios and creating content and conveying that over to the theme park you know the continuation of that it's fizzled Mm. Mm -hmm. you know they never never delivered on it so now you got this business that has Trying to play catch up in the uh, streaming arena and the content arena, but oh, by the way, you got these massive theme
0: parks, <laughs> right? That you have to keep running. Well, and and, the prices just keep going up at the theme parks. Right. And, and oh, great point. And how do you do
2: that now in these the economic times that we face? You know, a family of four has to go to Disney and spend three, four, five thousand dollars for a good experience. It's not going to happen. Yeah. The theme parks may die. They could die. Yeah. Yeah, they could. And, or definitely be consolidated.
1: Um, You know, obviously not great news for, for Florida. Um, But you look at all the parks they, they have down there. Um, You know, this, this window we had, the reopening window where everyone traveled, everyone went back out, everyone took vacations again. I think this chapter is going to going to really come to an abrupt halt swiftly. Here, again, all this debt that everyone is piling up on their credit cards to take a take a trip to Disney or whatever they're doing is, is coming home <laughs> to roost, or,
2: or by their uh, their. Friday after Thanksgiving, that's right. Games and whatever. It's coming home. They're to drones, and- all those drones they've just bought. They're gonna have to. Sell. <laughs> Disney,
1: <laughs> Disney is like the perfect consumer discretionary stock. You do not have to go to Disney World. No. You do not have to stream right. Right. Mickey and Minnie right. um, or or Star Wars on Disney Plus. No. Like everything about Disney is discretionary, and it's it's heartbreaking because it's such an iconic American company. But they could be in for some really dark times over the course of the next year, which may present a buying window at some point in twenty twenty three. Um, but the company
2: is definitely um, in for some really dark days ahead. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is tough. So, I mean, it's a big dilemma for Disney. But, again, from an investment standpoint, those are the things you have to look at. Those are the things you have to consider. All righty. I'll drink some bourbon. Got to have some. Cheers. Cheers. All All right. See you. It's a good one.